Before we call Lauren up to give the sermon, I just want to do a reading from Psalm 23rd, which will be applicable to the message we're going to be about to receive. And I'm reading from the King James Version and a Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Our God and our Father, we just pray for the reading of your word and for the... Um, sermon about your word, we pray that your word would be hidden in our hearts, just like this, the Sunday school memory verse, that your word would be hidden in our hearts, that we might not sin against you. We pray that we would be doers of thy word and not hearers only. So we just pray that you empower Lauren with your words uh, this day to be a blessing, to edify the congregation, to, to be a blessing to you. We pray in his name. Amen. Welcome up, Lauren. Thanks, Bob. If you've got your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 6. If you don't have a Bible, feel free. We've got a number of Bibles on the back table. If you want to take one of those and use it for today or take it home with you, uh, you're welcome to do that. Psalm 23 is the testimony of David. He shares there in that psalm of, of where his faith and hope lies. That it's in God the shepherd who cares, who loves him, who protects him, who is always with him. Here in uh, John chapter, or it's not John chapter 6. Did I say John earlier? It should be Mark chapter 6. Good. Here in Mark chapter 6, we have uh, a, a story that helps us understand the, the character of Christianity, which is a, a people who are sent. Um, the people of God are not people that, that just cloister around in safe, protective buildings away from other people. <clears throat> God calls us to go out. He sends us out into the world to be able to give our testimony, our witness of the great love in God. And this passage is one of those passages that, that in the story of Jesus that Mark is telling us, it helps establish that this is a characteristic that came from the very earliest stages of the Christian church. Let's read what it has to say. We're going to start reading here in verse chapter 7. Mark chapter 6 and starting at verse 7. 
Jesus called the twelve and began to send them out two by two. He gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He charged them to take nothing for their journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. And he said to them, whenever you enter a house, stay there until you depart from there. And if any place will not receive you and they will not listen to you, when you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed oil of many who were sick and healed them. Is there anybody else like me that's a little bit surprised that Jesus is doing this? This is very early in his ministry. And, and that he entrusts the message of the kingdom of God to these 12 men. What have they done so far that would engender any kind of confidence in you that they're going to get this right? They were completely unprepared. As we look back over their, their history so far that has been revealed to us here by Mark, we see that, that they just didn't get the ministry that Jesus, had, uh, that Jesus was on. They were, they were constantly getting things mixed up. When, when things were going well and, and Jesus was out praying out in the wilderness by himself, the people there in Capernaum had been responding to Jesus' message. And the disciples were excited and, and went looking for Jesus and said, Jesus, you, you need to come back. The people are, are longing. They want to hear more. Jesus said, we're going to leave because my calling is not to just this place. We're going to go to the other villages. The disciples didn't get what Jesus was trying to do. When they had the opportunity, when they saw Jesus' power in being able to still the storm, the very thing that they needed for that storm to be calm so that they, their lives would be spared, they were afraid of Jesus. And asked, who is this that controls the wind and the waves? Even, even speaking to Jesus in kind of an exasperated tone, as Jesus was, was walking down the road and there was this great crowd around him and, and there was the woman who had been bleeding for over 12 years and came and touched Jesus' cloak and was healed in that encounter. And Jesus, when he felt the, that power, that healing power uh, go out from him, he stopped and said, who touched me? And it was the disciples who kind of said, Lord, I, I, there's a million people here. How do we know who touched you? There's lots of people that have been touching you. They, they were exasperated with Jesus. And yet these are the very ones that now Jesus is entrusting with this message of the kingdom. They were completely unprepared. And yet, 
Jesus entrusted this precious message into them. I guess as, as we look at these disciples, the, the one thing that, that, the one positive aspect that we can, that we can point to is the fact that, that even though they had gone through all of this, they had seen so much, they had already experienced the, the pressure that was coming from the religious elite, from the Pharisees and from the priests and the scribes and the teachers of the law. They had seen the way that they had responded to Jesus. They had seen how the people who had uh, witnessed Jesus freeing the man with, uh, with a legion of demons, how they had rejected him and, and told him to leave. They had seen how Jesus, when he was in his hometown of Nazareth, nobody was believing. There was this, this uh, offense that Jesus had in the lives of the other people. In the midst of all of that... The disciples were still there. They still continued to follow Jesus. Even though they didn't understand, even though they were getting things wrong, they were faithful. Remember just at the beginning of of, uh, uh, chapter 6, we looked at this last week in verse 1, when it talks about how Jesus went to his hometown of Nazareth. And Mark includes, and his disciples followed There is, no, there is no greater characteristic that we can show, that we can have in our lives, than being faithful in following Jesus. That in the midst of, of all of the things that, that we get wrong, all of the things that we don't understand, that we still say, Lord, you are the one that I follow. And continue day by day, plodding along, listening, seeking Him, and doing whatever He is going to to lead us to. I, I think it's really interesting here. We look and see what did the disciples actually do? Drop down to the bottom to verse uh, that we just looked at, verse 13. No, sorry, starting at verse 12. So they went out and they proclaimed that people should repent. Where did they get that message from? That was Jesus' message. right? If we go back to, to Mark chapter 1. And we look and see what was the the what what would Mark describe for us as the message of Jesus in Mark chapter one and verse fourteen talks about how John the Baptist had been arrested. Jesus came up into Galilee and proclaimed the gospel of God, saying, "The time is fulfilled; the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel." The things that the disciples were saying were the things that they had been hearing from Jesus. Jesus' message was their message. And the things that the disciples were doing, back to 6.13, and they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. Not only were they saying the things that Jesus said, They were doing the things that Jesus did. 
Even though they had been sent out, even though they weren't walking with Jesus at this point, they were still following Jesus' example. They were being faithful in the message. They were being faithful in the acts. And God in His grace granted them authority so that their message, their acts, were all in line with Jesus and had the authority to be able to cast out to the, the demons, to be able to, to heal the sick. It's really interesting the, the instructions that Jesus gives to the disciples, right? It says, go out, but don't take anything with you. <laughs> don't take anything, don't, don't take any food, don't take any money, don't take a bag to carry any extra stuff. Don't even bring an extra set of clothes. Why was that so important? <laughs> it brings us to the place of trust. Who is providing for you? Are you going to trust in your own ability to be able to gather enough stuff around you so that you can survive through the difficult times? Are you going to, to trust in your ability to be able to put together the resources that you need in order to be able to carry out the message of God? Or are you just going to trust that God is going to provide? That you're going to walk in a way where you are, are looking to Him, where you are seeking His kingdom and trusting that He's going to provide the food that you need, the clothes that you need. He's going to take care of it all and in that place of trust that He is going to use you to spread His kingdom. There are two things that Jesus did instruct them to bring. And they're kind of interesting. It says there, Verse 8, he charged them to take nothing for their journey except a staff. Why? <laughs> why? Why a staff? I, I, don't, I don't often allegorize uh, uh, things like this, but but I think that this is, this is significant. I think that Jesus is making a statement here. We just read in Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I think the staff was the representation of the Spirit's presence with them. That that was the reminder that just like Aaron's staff that Moses had taken with the people of Israel, that God had used in the, the life of the Israel to, to guide them forward, to, to open up the rock of provision, to be able to provide the living water that came out, uh, to, 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 to open up the way that was blocked by the Red Sea, that it was that presence of God that was represented in the staff that Jesus said, you need to take that with you. As a reminder of trusting that it's not about you, 
but it's going to be the presence of God with you. You see, the disciples weren't going out because they were well prepared. They had lots to learn. And as we're going to see, uh, there's still lots of Mark left. And we are going to see lots of times when they are going to fall on their faces, where they are going to mess up, where they are... Well, I don't want to say totally. That's a little hyperbole. But they were extremely unaligned with what Jesus was trying to do. They weren't able to go out because they were well-equipped, because they had all of the proper seminary training, because they had the, the programs and the tools available to them in order to be able to communicate the gospel clearly. They were effective because they went in the presence of God. That it was the Spirit that motivated the words to repent. That it was the Spirit who empowered them to cast out demons. That it was the, the Spirit who in that oil of anointing brought healing into the lives of the broken people. talked about how we as the people of God are sent people. That's you. You are called by God to go out to proclaim that message of truth. To carry the power of God, the, 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 the authority over the darkness in this world. The power to bring healing into people's lives with that message of repentance out into the world. Not because you're really well prepared. Not because you are educated to a point where you know the message down. Not where you have tons of experience of being able to cast out demons and bring healing into people's lives. You are called out. You are sent out. in the power of the Spirit of God. That it's His presence in your life that is going to make you effective. Just heard from uh, Sarah Robertson last night. She's been working out at Camp Bob this summer and said that just this last week she was able to give out five Bibles to the girls that were in her tent. That's five lives that have came, come to Christ. Not because Sarah is so good at talking to young people about the, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not because the program there is so effective at getting kids to a place where they could know Jesus. But because the Holy Spirit was infusing her, was in her life. And as He led her through the day-to-day -day activities of camp, the kids saw that they heard the message and they surrendered to Jesus. We need to walk with that staff. There's another thing that, that Jesus said that they should have, and, and I'm glad He said this. said that in verse 9 there, but they should wear sandals. Oh, thank you. We don't have to go barefoot. But again, sake of, 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 
a misunderstanding, I'm, I'm going to allegorize these sandals a little bit because I think it fits in. We know that this, uh, that this um, uh, gospel was written probably after um, the letter that Paul wrote to the Ephesians, and that would have been something that had been circulated around. Probably the message that, that Paul had, was speaking had been also circulating around when he talks about the armor of God. And what's the one aspect of the armor of God that has to do with being sent out? Having your feet shod with the readiness of the gospel. That... That, that awareness that, that everywhere that you go is another opportunity to tell somebody about Jesus. That the way that you live your life is a proclamation of His gospel in this world. And so Jesus instructed the disciples to go out with sandals, with that kind of readiness to share the message of God to speak truth into the uh, to speak truth and freedom into the lives of those that are held captive by the darkness and to reach out with with love and healing power by touching on the the bodies of those that are sick and those that are in need as followers of Jesus we too are sent if you've come to a place where you have put your trust in the sacrifice of jesus for the penalty of your sins and you are trusting that it is through his sacrifice that you are made right with god and that you have made that commitment to follow god then you too have been sent out It is not the purpose of the church for us to gather here on Sunday after Sunday and, and, and cloister together without ever getting in contact with the world. Somebody said this once, I don't know who is the originator of it. But he said, Christians are like manure. When they're spread out, they fertilize and bring life. When they're all piled up, they really stink. <laughs> we are not intended to, to stay piled up here in this building and create an offensive odor. We come together, and in that pile we get, we get all of the nutrients and all that stuff to the then be spread out where we can make a difference, where we can bring new life in this world. You are not going to be effective in that, in that proclamation, in that sending out if you are depending on your preparation, your education, your resources you are not going to be able to stand against the dark forces that are in this world through your own power, through your own determination, through your own strategies and ingenuity to be able to, to, uh, to argue and debate against other people. 
You are not going to be able to have uh, the opportunity. You're not going to have the effectiveness to be able to bring healing to the broken lives that are out in this world. The people who are being torn apart by those dark forces that are out there. Those lives that are bleeding and sorrowing and in grief and are trapped in that place where, where there is no hope. Where there is no joy. There is no love in their lives. You're going to be able to speak that, that healing balm of love into their lives as you walk in the presence of the Holy Spirit. As you walk in that faithfulness of being ready at every moment to extend that love and that grace into the lives of other people. When this church first started, we identified a, a motto for ourselves that, that kind of described who we are. That we are a people of hope. We are a people of hope with a message of hope. Sent to those who are seeking hope. That's what we want to be. And as I look across this room, I see so many that are actively involved in, in proclaiming that message of hope into this world. Just heard another, uh, I saw the, the, uh, uh, the newsletter come out from the JVAN. Again, another week of opportunities of being able to speak the truth of Christ into the lives of those who are marginalized in our society, who, are, who have, have few resources available to them. And those that are, are partnering with, with Susie and, and the rest of the team there, that they have this opportunity of sharing the love of Jesus. Their feet are shod with the readiness of the gospel. And even though they're coming into places that, that historically have been very uh, resistant to the message of the gospel, those that come from other faiths and other worldviews, they are able to then still proclaim that gospel, that love of Jesus, to bring that healing into the lives of those people because they are walking in the power of the Spirit. They're listening to His voice and responding to His direction in their lives. There are others. We heard... Tegan, tell us about last week about the, the joy of, of being able to pray with his friend that he's been meeting with over the last number, of year, uh, last number of weeks and lead him in a prayer of salvation that this young man, this guy who's gone through tragedy, the loss that he's gone through, that he has now made that commitment to make Jesus the center of his life. It's happening we are a people of hope. We have a message of hope and we are reaching out to those that are seeking hope. But we can never sit and be satisfied that we've done enough. There is an urgency to our message. Because the days are drawing short. More and more we are seeing those things that have been prophesied, that have talked about the end of the age, are, 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 are seeming to come to fruition more and more. 
And there is an urgency for us. It's kind of interesting how, uh, how the, the description of, of those uh, those uh, uh, of how they are clad, how the disciples were clad as they went out with their staff, with a tunic, with sandals on their feet. It very much models or matches the preparations that the people of Israel had on, at Passover. In Exodus, where, where, where God gave Moses instructions to the people that, that they should... That night, as, as the, the, the judgment of Passover was coming to the land of Egypt, before they were able to, to be um, set free in that great exodus out of Egypt, out of slavery, his instructions to them were, be wearing your tunic, have your sandals on, have your staff ready, because in the morning, we're going to go, and you need to be ready. That's the same kind of urgency that Jesus gave to his disciples as he sent them out two by two. You don't need all that other extra stuff because it's just going to slow you down. It's going to hold you back. It's going to distract your focus. Put all of that stuff aside and be ready to go. Ready to share the message. And if... 2,000 years ago, those disciples had an urgency to their message. How much more do we have an urgency today? Our world is broken. And there are so many people that are getting chewed up by the, 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 the ideas and the, 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 the priorities and the the craziness that is in our world today. That those, those philosophies that we see that are being uh, 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 honored, those, those, those ideas that people are promoting more and more of, 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 of gender identity, of what freedom is all about, that, we, that, that, that people are putting aside those, those values of, of, of what God has set up for our, for our world that, that, that governs society, that the importance of family, the importance of, of forgiveness, the importance of love, of unity, of working together, that all those things are getting thrown out. And, and division is the, is the norm of the day. Conflict and, 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 and tension is what we celebrate. There is no more urgent time than today for us to have our feet shod with the readiness of the gospel. To be able to speak the love and hope that there is in Jesus Christ. To walk out in the presence of the Spirit in this world so that we're ready for any moment that we can extend that that message of hope That, that declaration of freedom, that healing touch of love to the lives of people that we walk with, that we see each and every day. We are sent. Are you ready to follow? Heavenly Father, we thank you
Thank you that, that there was someone who was obedient to your sending that came and brought that message to our lives. Thank you for your faithful presence that was active in their message, in their proclamation to us. So that our hearts were transformed by the the power of your Holy Spirit. Not because of the the floweriness of their their words or or the, uh, the, the perfection of their life, but instead your Spirit came and touched us and we have new life. Lord, I pray that we would be faithful. That just like the disciples, that we would say the things that You are saying. That we would do the things that You are doing. And that in the power of Your presence in our lives, we would have the joy of seeing lives set free brokenness healed sinners repent and believe Lord, would this be uh, uh, another moment where we commit to putting ourselves in your hands to be used in whatever way that you would use us whether it is our feet to go whether it is our hands to touch whether it is our lips to speak that You would take all of us, every aspect, everything that we do and everything that we have to proclaim Your message of hope into a world that is so desperate to find hope. In a moment, we're going to sing a song. It's maybe a familiar hymn, Take My Life, let it be. And I would invite you to, to make that song the commitment of your heart this morning. That you would surrender everything that you are and everything that you do and everything that you have into the hands of the Father and He would use that for His glory. Let's stand together and sing this song. Take my life and let it be.